0: Hello, hello, oh, Joe. Are you are you
1: on
0: there? Yeah, indeed. A San said he's going to join us as well. Uh, I think we'll make it uh, make it a bit more interactive, I think, than uh, maybe some of the other ones. Um, how's it going?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Can't complain. You hear
0: me okay? I heard your pod earlier. It sounds like you got COVID, mate.
1: Yeah, I do feel a bit rough. Well, I done a test this morning and um, got it all clear. Second so, one I've
0: done in the last two days, so don't know what's going yeah, on. That. Yeah, that cough did not. Well, it just it just sounded like COVID. Uh, so good. Anyway, I, I guess it won't be too bad if you're uh, if you're okay. Uh, yeah, no. good. Just letting some people filter in. Uh, got quite a good number. So, what do you think so far? What's the uh, How are you feeling about how we go into the season?
1: Um, Obviously delighted we signed Haaland. Calvin Phillips, I think, will be a good addition. Um, So I like how we're operating the market in terms of incomings. Uh, I think it's inevitable when you've got so many, what I would call, top-quality squad players, i.e. Jesus, Sterling... Maybe Ake, um, the ones obviously Zinchenko, whereby they're, mm. they're so they're so good that they're liable to to have a club ring their agent and say, you know, if you come here, you'll be a bona fide, you know, key part of our squad. I think we've got away with it the last few years, maybe because of the suppressed COVID market, where we've been able to keep them all from getting the heads turned. I suspect. Uh, now yeah, I mean, I've, flush,
0: I've, aren't they? I've always been surprised by that, I, you know, I, over the years that actually more teams have not targeted our fringe players. You know, going back way before COVID, I mean, this is almost the first season where people have looked at the squad and gone, you know, here's a player that we can bring in. In the way that they used to do with fringe slash shit United players at the end of their United careers, it used to be like, you know, Everton, for example, the, the key attraction was to, to bring in some United player or Middlesbrough. Yeah. Uh, it's only just starting to happen, I think, with with City players. I, I guess that is combined with the anyone can go stance, which um, I don't think is designed for this market. Um, I, you know, I think it's it, it's a nice sentiment, but I think we're seeing straight away the problems with it.
1: I think, like I say, it's, the problem arises when you get a club like Chelsea you are in a bit of a rebuild and are acting very strangely, in my opinion, in terms of letting clubs know just how much they have to splash. But in terms of the, they the basically almost seem to be ringing every player on the market's agent and saying, you know, come here, we'll give you X amount of minutes. Uh, Two shows, obviously been on the phone to Sterling. So, uh, as I said earlier, I think that's the key thing with Sterling, is he's always been very... Um, Minute driven, so you know. I think he clearly sees himself as someone at this stage of his career who needs to be a key part of a team, um, and that's probably what's prevented him from signing a new deal at City. That's been seemingly on the table for a long while. And to me, mm, I just two shows, Ryan Gibbon said, "You know, because it from a purely." um Footballing perspective, I put myself in Sterling's shoes. You would think, you know, year left on my contract, have a good season at the City. You know, let Harlem be the focal point, just come in and do my job, and I'll be flush with offers next year. But he seemingly um, has his heart set on moving now. So makes sure laugh Yeah, I are.
0: mean, it, well, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me in terms of the footballing rationale because I think even if, first of all, I don't believe uh, any manager can give the assurance that. um that that Sterling's seeking. I mean, you know, Sterling plays five, 10 games at the start of next season and is at at his city worst. And he does go through spells like that. Then, I don't believe that Tuchel will just keep playing him regardless. I mean, they didn't keep playing Lukaku in that scenario. So, why why in the scenario that Sterling was having that sort of run, would they? When he's going to cost probably half the amount. So, I think Sterling is naive if you believe that. Um, I think the other Sterling must be aware that uh, Tuchel is not is not um, Bowley's man, and and that immediately puts him at risk. You know, obviously he's a he's a very good manager. He has won a a European Cup, but I don't think that uh, entrenches him uh, in that position. And I think Sterling is the sort of player that a new manager could come in and say, "I just don't, you know, I just don't really fancy you. You're okay." You know, you can basically. I, I like you as part of the squad, but I don't like you as the uh, as the uh, you know as, as the number one man in, in the team. I mean, I think it's possible, but I, I can't I, I can't see how they can make those sorts of guarantees. So I think it's a bit um, I think there's a bit of naivety there, which is you know almost unbelievable and surprising, because you would have thought. I I would have thought a player's experience as Sterling wouldn't even ask the question because he would he would have enough knowledge about the way the game works to know that it's about performances and if he performs he'll he'll play a lot and and frankly that's the same I think at City I mean you know we 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 do forget first of all he he did play a lot of games last season he may not play every game but he did play a lot of games I accept he was dropped for some of the some of the very biggest games, yeah, but he played in the European Cup final in Porto, yeah. you know i mean and was was pretty crap uh, not, he wasn't alone, but you know he, he, he didn't exactly um justify the selection so i i think if he if if this is about playing time, i think he's I think he's way wider the mark um and i think chelsea for him is is a i mean i think it's probably the only move i think that's the reality if he if he is as desperate to get out of city as he seems to be i think chelsea is probably the only one that can do the deal this summer everybody else is saying we definitely have a conversation when you're free um yeah. i you know I, but I, what i don't understand is why he doesn't just go free i mean it seems to me that would be the obvious um, well, if you were his
1: agent, like, surely that's what you would be. Angling at. Let's get back into the City team. I mean, not get back into it, because like you just alluded to, he plays his fair share of minutes. But get yourself in there, have an impact, have a good season. You know, Harlan's going to be the focal point. You can just go back in now. You'd imagine a City going to move away from this false nine system. I think Sterling played his best football at City when there was an Aguero in there and he had a, he had a designated role come back in, yeah. you know, performing, you're either going to get a much-improved offer from City or vice versa, so you're going to have, you know, your, your dream move abroad that you've always seemed to alluded to. So I'm not quite oh. sure, but I think I think another element to it that we're probably missing is I, I do sometimes get the sense that him and Guardiola have somewhat of a prickly relationship. I think I think there's potentially been clashes over in the amount he's played. And, and I, I just get the feeling that I think... We've read and heard so many times how Pep's such a demanding coach that maybe Sterling just feels he wants something fresh and he wants it now. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I, I, seems I agree. I mean to say
1: yeah. this move,
0: whatever well, you read, yeah, if you believe what reading, because staying for a season, and unless you you literally just can't stand another season of being in and out of Pep's team and and Pep, you know, telling you what you've done wrong straight after a game that you've just won six nil. Um, Unless you can't, you know, unless you're desperate to get out, to me there's no jeopardy for for Sterling in saying I'm going to see the season out. And frankly, even if he plays, even if he doesn't play, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the end of the world because he's got the World Cup, so so he's, he'll be well rested for the World Cup. He'll finish the World Cup. He gets back in uh, in December, and he's already negotiating his his transfer. So. I just don't. I just don't get it. I, I think you know it's an opportunity for us in the end. As much as uh, you know, ideally, you probably would like him to sign another contract. I think it's an opportunity for us to uh, to move him on. But it, the the deal just makes little sense to me. Um, we've got Asun that's going to join us on on the panel, and then I'm just going to open it up. We got we got already a couple of uh, requests, so I think what we'll do is we'll we'll get those. Um, we'll open that up. Um, uh, we've got Mac unmute don't forget to unmute if you ask a question uh, and then we've got Ollie after that
2: Hi, hi, hi uh, Steph, uh, Stefan do you not think that he doesn't want to tank his value in terms of like next season uh, the clubs that he can go to uh, because if he does if he has the same situation at City like uh, as he had a couple of seasons before and he's not playing the big games and he thinks Chelsea is the big club playing Champions League football and Tuchel likes him and he's got to think uh, going back to London as well as a factor.
0: Joe? Hey, Asim?
3: Well, I mean, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, look, I think I think with Sterling it just it comes down to football and the big games. I think you know, he's very conscious of his position within the England squad, his brand. I think that the fact that he didn't start either of the Madrid games, didn't get on the pitch until extra time in the second game, I I think it it put him in a position where if Tuchel is saying, well, no, I'm going to build an attack around you and you'll play all the significant games because you'll be our key attacker,
0: that's that's fundamentally what it's going to come down to. And the other yeah, thing- we just discussed this. I mm. mean, just on that, you know, the, the bit you just missed. I just don't see how Tuchel can give that guarantee. I mean, the reality is yes, if Sterling is playing well, he's going to play the big games after signing for, let's say, 60 million quid at Chelsea. I accept that. But if, if Sterling plays poor, poor Sterling, and he's more than capable of putting together, you know, a run of pretty poor games, uh, he won't play, I don't think. You know, you can't tell me that if if he starts very badly, he's going to keep playing him, come what may. Well, no. Think- uh, for, and by the way, if they start badly, uh, and and Sterling is part of it, there's a really good chance that Tuchel's gone by November anyway.
3: Yeah, but I think I think that 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 risk comes down that that risk applies to almost every transfer on the planet. That you know, generally, you don't unless you're really buying a backup goalkeeper. When you're going out and you're buying a player, you're selling him. You're selling him the project, you're selling him yourself, you're selling him where you think he fits in. And it's a calculated gamble. It's definitely a gamble on, on Sterling's part, but I expect that it's it's a relatively calculated gamble in that he probably backs himself, having heard what Tuchel's got to say, to ensure that he becomes a mainstay in that team. And I think, look, the other thing, and it's maybe a little bit about the kind of the way the last two seasons... The reality is, Sterling has suffered in a system without a number nine. Now, I'm not entirely sure, just to argue against myself, I'm not entirely sure how Tuchel intends to utilise him, but with Lukaku gone, there isn't a nine there. Now, maybe the idea is that Habert continues to play as a false nine and and he brings in two new wingers because he doesn't rate Pulisic and he doesn't rate um Ziyech. So that's I think I expect that that's the that's the argument that, or the sales pitch from Tuchel I expect is going to be I rate you higher than I rate any of the any of the other wingers that I've got here.
0: Mm. doesn't What's make sense
1: we just discussed in terms of he um, just strikes me as someone like I think him and Pep as I said have potentially had an up and down relationship over the last 18 months and I think an element of him probably just wants a first challenge because it's a move to London I just get the impression that he's, take, he's grabbing it with both hands and he wants to go now I mean from a purely football scientific standpoint if you will it, it would make sense for him and you'd imagine he'd be advised to just you know get his head down, work hard. But who's advising so, him? Sir so
0: oh, Well you right. well first of all I, I think one thing I, I would this might be wrong, but I, I don't think you should put too much on agents in this one. I think you know, Sterling has been around the block enough and he is smart enough that he doesn't need an agent advising him particularly. I think he knows the dynamic. It's first of all it's not that complicated. Secondly, a lot of it is probably about his personal relationship. Um, and so I, I expect he's largely advising himself on the merits of going one way or the other. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty experienced guy. He started playing first-team football very, very early. And, I agree. you know, And he's 27. Mm. So I, I think this is his decision. Uh, it just doesn't, to me, make that much sense. But uh, just on uh, before we move off on, off from Sterling, how about the fact that it's gone a bit quiet? I mean, I wonder, I wonder whether actually, um, I, I, think wonder where, I wonder whether they've they've been put put off slightly by our stance on value. Well, it's an expensive package.
3: I mean, if you factor in the wage that he wants. For example, you would expect that Sterling wants more money than Rafinha would want, more money than even Dembele would want. So it's definitely an expensive package for them to do. Um, And look, I don't know if you guys have discussed this already, I feel as though it's a very unpredictable market. I feel as though there's a lot of noise, but it's very difficult to decipher who lands where and when. Um, So, yeah, the, the, the quietness is... Interesting. It's either a sign that they're talking privately, or it's a sign that there's some sort of impasse. But mm. it's very difficult to predict right now. That's the issue.
0: Well, uh, you see, that was the thing. I, I Those Chelsea signings and those che- Chelsea transfers are starting to look quite predictable. And that's why I think it's particularly strange because if you think about the momentum at the start of the week, uh, particularly driven by Matt Law. Uh, in terms of and he is reliable at the moment he's definitely got some very high level sources within the bowling camp uh, you know he was talking quite definitively and, and actually still is about Sterling and Ake uh, uh, and yet and yet the programme I don't know maybe I, I just would have thought by the noise that was happening at the start of the week that frankly it, the white smoke would have been coming by now and and all of that stuff on the on the on the cost of the deal, well, they've known about that before they even had a conversation, right? I mean, so I, I don't think Sterling's personal terms are going to take long to agree. No, um, but I think
3: I think I, you're 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 better with finances than me, don't you think that that with these things there's always a financial consideration, just in the sense that you know Sterling might turn around, lead them on, and in the end go, I'm not coming. So they have to have other targets as well. And if you look at it financially, sterling for me is most certainly the most expensive in terms of fee and wages. Um,
0: And also, yeah, well, they've got Delict uh, that they're apparently still interested in, who will be just as expensive as sterling, plus plus the fee will be bigger. I mean, I I just think on a deal like sterling, the the spreadsheet's been done. I mean, I I just don't, I, I can't, I think the only element that was potentially. Uh, blank on that on that spreadsheet was how much City were going to hold out for, which is you know I, I think City have been gearing up to say well fifty five seems to be the golden number right now, and uh, and we'll have that thanks very much or or we'll keep him. I think it's a bit of a bluff because I think when it comes down to it, uh, I, I can't see I can't see City holding for probably more than. Say forty-five if if he's that keen to leave, uh, but I think they should hold out for fifty-five and will probably get it as long as as long as Chelsea are still there, uh, and that is the only issue. Um, I think Chelsea, you know, for me, have to do, pretty much have to do the deal, don't they? I mean, especially if Rafina obviously is not that keen to go to Chelsea, he will go, kind of if he has to, um, but. You know they need to be seen to be doing the deals that they're putting on the table, I think. Sure, sure. But the, the one thing that they... I guess the one unknown
3: in, in this um, is the conversation or the relationship between Sterling and Guardiola. I think there's a lot of assumptions uh, on both sides in terms of the relationship is broken down or Pep doesn't rate him or Pep won't give him any assurances. But Surely Guardiola can't be sat there going, you know what, a guy who's been that important for me, I'm happy for him to go to my nearest, if not second nearest rival. I I just that I'm finding it very difficult to square that circle. I can see why the businessmen would go, hey, with a year left on his deals, uh, let's take the 40, 45 million. But I don't. I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced that Pep is sat there driving this, going, yeah, 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 he should definitely go. He,
0: he must have said yes already. I mean, surely. We wouldn't have got this far unless Pep had said, yeah, just, just, just let him go. City,
1: I don't think City would ever dare step on his toes like that from a business standpoint, especially while they're, even they're trying to renew his deal. Yeah, especially when he's
0: got, what, nine months left of his contract. And, yeah. I, and, I just, and, 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 and that was a snipe. Um, right. Okay. Well, uh, should we move on then from Sterling? I think we probably uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I mean, I think uh, you know. I, I guess it looks like he's still most likely to go to Chelsea. I think it'll still be fifty-five, sixty million quid. I think actually, on balance, for me, uh, you know, this is going to upset Asan. But I think I'm ba- I'm okay with it. Uh, I just I just like them to actually get the thing done, and uh, you know. You know, m- we can all move on. Um, mm. How about so? Uh, who, uh, Ollie's got a question, but if it's about Ster- your line's pretty bad, Ollie. But um, and if it's about Sterling, we're going to move on to probably Ake. Uh, but I'll I'll unmute you. Oh no, oh. Uh, I'm You're happy
4: to, Yeah,
0: I'm happy to talk about Ake
4: when you guys have had a discussion. Go Let's go. Um, I think. I think City would be stupid to sell him this summer. I think even though the policy of we're happy to let players who want to go depart as long as they bring a fee in, I think it'd be silly because there's no one who quite fits his profile. Um, You know, who can play left-back, who can play centre-back, who can do a bit of everything, Is good enough for Guardiola on the ball, who's happy to take a sort of depth role. All
0: right, so let let me ask you, right? So let's ask everybody... Uh, Chelsea, he's the number one Chelsea target, uh, apparently. Again, according to Matt Law, right? Uh, and I, I do. I've been watching Matt Law's uh, statements and listening to some of his podcasts. I think he knows what he's talking about. So I'm going to say he knows what he's talking about. Uh, Chelsea say we really want him. He ticks a lot of boxes for us. We'll pay sixty. Yeah, I'm taking that. What are you going to do? I'm taking
1: that. All of you. Right. Oh, there we go. 60, You're taking yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you've got to take it at 60, aren't you? You've got to be realistic. Fine. No, 50? sorry. Sorry.
3: No, oh, sorry. Okay. no, 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 no. no, Absolutely not. I think that firstly, I want to address Ollie's point about um, City's policy that if a player is unhappy and uh, a bit of the commensurate amount comes in, then we'll sell. That is uh, a very benevolent policy but to make it quite so public seems quite absurd to me and to take it to its logical conclusion does that mean that if Barcelona turn up on the 31st of August at 10 o'clock at night with 100 million euros you sell Bernardo Silva I don't think so I don't think it's that black and white that's the first thing second thing I think this notionally the idea of strengthening one of your biggest rivals is just, frankly, it's pretty absurd. And when you said before, Stefan, that I'd be upset about the idea of Sterling going, I'm fine with Raz going. I'm just not fine with the idea that we sell him in the league to a rival. These Both of these deals, from a footballing perspective, don't make sense to me. I'm not an accountant. I don't give a fuck about the money. The thing I care about is the team being more competitive than our rivals. And I don't see how we remain more competitive than our rivals if we sell Sterling and Ake to Chelsea. I just don't see it. I don't. I've never seen it before.
0: I've never seen. I've never seen. And it's almost. I mean, you know, you can think. I mean, how many how many transfers ever in the Premier League have there been where the top teams have traded leading players between themselves uh, in, in a fairly relaxed manner? Uh, about that point. I mean, I I think it is very unusual, but City may, there may be a level of, well, there's always a fine line between arrogance and and confidence. Um, But I think think there is a level of faith in what they've got. Um, Probably an understanding that if it's not Sterling, it'll just be some other player who's pretty much as good as he is. So we may as well take the benefit of the 60 million quid. I mean, and, and and in fairness, is that such a crazy attitude? I mean, is that not right? So if they save, let's say they save the 60 or the or the 70 on, on Sterling, whatever the number is, right? So let's mm. say they have to top it up and they go out and buy another for 70 million. It's not really, it's neither here nor there, right? I mean, but it's fine in isolation, Stefan, it's fine in isolation, but
3: the kind of the idea that Chelsea can come for two, it just seems a little seems a little over the top to me. And I think the other thing which I think is important for, and and I think that, that that's maybe where there is a level of, of arrogance at City is just the fact that if you Salah's got a year left on his deals, go try and go try and buy Salah off Liverpool this summer. See see how hard they laugh at you down the phone. Yeah. Go and try and buy Mason Mount. He's got a contract issue coming up. Pick up the phone, call Todd and say, hey mate, actually I want to negotiate a fee for for Mason Mount. Watch him laugh at you down the phone. This is the thing that like you can you you can make the with with Sterling, you can make the argument that it's a singular situation where he's got twelve months left on his deal, he's given so much to the club, if he's turned around and he's gone to the club, you know what? Pep doesn't rate me, Pep doesn't really want me here anymore, Tushel wants me, I'd like to go there. Can you agree a fee? I can almost get my head around that. But then, if you also say Ake, who's got a long term contract with us, right, we're going to flip him because we're going to make, you know, 20 million on the deal. Nah. I mean, I think Ake, is, Ake, different. From...
0: I think Ake is different again, though. I, I, look, I must say, I'm only playing doubles advocate slightly because, you know, generally, I agree with you. The, the idea of Chelsea buying. If it was three of our best players. Because don't forget, this is a, there's apparently also the Zinchenko link. But I, I think with Ake, I think it's a different situation to Sterling because uh I just don't think he's that I mean he's just not that great. I mean he's okay, and I, I wouldn't be giving him away, and I and I wouldn't certainly wouldn't be trading him for the same as we paid for him, having taken all the risk and having bedded him in. But I wouldn't have a problem selling him for 60 million quid. I mean, you know, I'd do that deal all day long. Not not from a financial perspective, just because it just makes sense. I don't think it's a big but deal. Who are
3: the- replacing him? But how do you re- – the, the issue is how do you replace him and how do you know that the guy that you replace him with is ready? It took I- – I mean, we have, this, we have this, this kind of yearly conversation that, oh, well, when Pep signs a player, you need to give him a year, and for a year you, kind of, you can put no pressure on him and it will take time. Well, then, does that mean that for the next 12 months we're carrying a centre-back who we've just bought, who probably ain't good enough anyway, and on top of that is going to need a year?
0: Well, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, if, but in fairness, the last two centre-halves they signed actually bedded in very quickly. And had and hit the ground running. Uh, aside from Ake, I mean, um, you know, Deis yeah, and probably, Laporte. So you know, they came at
3: a level. They came, they came at a level. You know, and I know that we're not signing delicts. Yeah, we are. What, we're going what, to sign Tor- uh, backup.
0: Torres. Isn't that going to be the? Isn't that the likely? I think. Signing? Thing, yeah, the, the, I, I don't Cal know that Torres. much about him, but isn't that the likely signing? I, think,
1: I, I mean, mean, look. look
4: Pau Torres, I just don't think he's good enough. I know he's been on City's radar for a while but it, it looks like that list is just he, who's the list of perceived top cent- left-footed centre-backs in Europe. I don't think he kind of fits you know what worries the profile me? we're trying to fit with Ake at all. I,
3: I agree. And I think, you know, you know, the thing with Torres is that I expect that Torres will have the sort of offers where he looks at it and he goes, you know what? I don't want to be fourth choice at City. And what worries me is we were linked with that lad from Everton who apparently, is really not very good at all. Uh, and he's a left-footed centre-back, unless I'm mistaken. Or certainly, he's a centre-back. And that's what I can see City doing. I can really see them flipping Ake and then going and buying, you know, some no-mark from Everton and going, well, we can train him up. And it's just... See, I don't think I don't... we will sell
1: Ake now. Given what we, what we briefed yesterday in the MEN, I don't, yeah. I don't think we will. I think, I think... A lot of this is being driven from from Chelsea's drive for these players and their view on things without necessarily factoring City's response. You know, when you talk about Matt Law stepping, I think he's obviously getting a line from Chelsea and how they potentially view things, you know, working out in the window. But I don't think they're necessarily taking into account our. Negotiating stance. So Sterling, you know that's a standalone issue. We're well, hamstrung by the fact he's got a year on his contract, and it, it looks like he wants a new a new challenge. Aké, I think I, I can see how Aké could have his head turned in terms of Chelsea speaking to his people. He knows the club that um, they're clearly looking to rebuild defensively. I losing in Rüdiger and Christensen and and he could go there and and, and quite frankly be a starter and walk into that team, and that would be attractive for him and his family. Move back to London. Knows the club inside and out, but that doesn't mean that we're going to bend over for Chelsea. No, no, I, just, I, just let them. No, I accept that. But I, I think there are two
0: elements to the briefings, though, because I, I think I think the player sounds like he wants to go. You know, I, I don't think you brief in the way that that's been briefed if you haven't checked with the player that he's keen, right? So, so Ake is keen. So that leaves only the City piece. The City piece was pretty clear, uh, which is exactly what I want it to be, which is. Yeah, if we can find a player to replace him and the fee's right. And I'm saying, you know, the whole, I, I think 55, 60 million quid is very hard to turn down for Nathan Ake, right? in any scenario. And, um, and so I, I do fear they might do the deal. I, I don't think it, I, I definitely don't think they do it for 40 or for 35 because yeah. what's the point? But, but I do think they'll be tempted to do it, and I do think they've probably got a list of of defenders because you know they've had they'll they'll dust down the list and from last year and and have another look and see see what they think. So,
1: yeah, um, I I get the impression Chelsea thing from their list of defenders. This is one they think because he's not necessarily a first name on our team sheet. So they think they can get him on the cheap slightly. He's homegrown. I think they're badly misreading the situation. I think we we will demand. A top hefty fee, because the, the players like Ake are, are players in then crunch months when you've got loads of injuries. And, you know, he, he does jobs at left-back, he can go on the other side, centre-off. You know, he puts fires on their players, he get you over the line in horrible you know what, what, difficult periods of the season.
3: You know what worries me, though, Joe, is that reading what Matt Law was saying yesterday, he was sort of making the argument, Chelsea paid £50 million for Ben Chilwell, and he didn't have the pedigree that Ake has uh, and he was he was basically saying a fee north of fifty is probably about right, and it's not a problem. And my issue is you can't just have a play a price for every player in your squad. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I don't get it. I don't think like take it again. Take it to its logical conclusion. Do we all then accept that if United wanted Irake... Right, and they put the
0: money on the table and the lab was ready to go, that we'd sell them to United. Well, there's, there's two aspects to it, isn't there? Right? There's the, what we think, uh, and so I think pretty much all the fans would say this kind of nice, uh, cosy, if you don't want to be here, you can go as long as somebody pays the fee, is, mm. is not a night, you know, is, is bullshit and is not the real world and, and shouldn't be the policy. But then there's the reality, and, and the, yeah, it's pretty clear, uh, and unless there's been some kind of violent change in literally the last two weeks, it's pretty clear that that is the club's policy. You know, Pep has pretty much said, said as much. So your, your, your scenario, your, your Bernardo Silva scenario, I mean, frankly, Barcelona are not going to be in a position to pay 80 to 100 million until the end of the window. So the only time yeah, that, that deal could happen is basically in the last week of the window. And the impression that we, I think we all get is actually that if they came along with the right money, uh, City would sell him and wouldn't replace him. I mean, that's the briefing line, right? Even if you remember where, where this started, even before the Ake link and the, and the Zinchenko link to Chelsea, this started with Sam Lee in particular being confident, and maybe Jack as well, being confident that even in the event that City sold... Jesus, Sterling and Bernardo, there is no forward player coming in. right? So whether we sell him now or whether we sell him in the last week of the window, according to that we're not signing a forward player. I mean, I think that's madness, I, but that—that that, I that is where the team seems to be.
3: I don't think that that's... I don't think Bernardo is a front three player. I think he's played centre midfield for all of the last two seasons and I think that for me... Uh, I'm a little bit confused as to why I feel as though they're sleepwalking into an issue next summer because I think Gundogan's going to go on a free next summer, and I think that Bernardo, even if you squeeze another year out of him, he's gone next year. They will yeah, find I mean. they will find an exit strategy, and suddenly you'll be two centre midfield players down. And they and the thing we can't lose sight of is they're both world class. They both have world class pedigree, and they both have experience at the highest level. And trying to replace that is not easy and not cheap and I feel as though you I don't know like that I, I appreciate that the the Harlan and the Alvarez deals are done I appreciate the fact that the Phillips deal is done I appreciate the fact that they've identified weaknesses in the squad right and they've dealt with them even if it's taken them a year to do it but I I would argue that those number eight positions, are more important than the front three positions. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That fundamentally, in Guardiola's system, those eights are where it all happens or doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, um, uh, well, I, I agree. But don't get wedded to the, the briefing about forwards. I mean, whether you call them forwards or midfield players, I mean, the, the briefing is that even if the three go, there's nobody coming in in midfield or, or going forward, right? So uh, that 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 is the line that they're, that they're putting out there. And I agree with you. I, I think, given that we know that actually most of our uh, midfield and forward players have needed a year to bet in, the logical thing to do when you know you're probably going to lose one and, and probably two, uh, and, and also maybe Mares. I mean, Marez looks like he's probably going to stay, but he could easily, could easily leave, uh, is that you would sign an extra body just to give you, you know, your squad a bit more depth and a bit more optionality next year. Uh, oh, the very so- least,
3: at, at the very least, Stefan, bring one of those situations to a head. So you've got Gondwan, he's got a year left on his deal. If you're not offering him a new deal, get rid of him. Like s- sign the replacement and get rid of him. Like if you're bothered about having too many players and I don't like unhappy faces and I don't want players on the bench, blah blah blah. If that's your attitude. Then have enough forward thinking, enough forward planning to go. Well, you know what, Gundo? Thanks very much for the service. Choose your club where you want to go to. We're signing player X. That's how it's going to go. Yeah. I think I've come around to your way of thinking that we like to do things a year too
1: late.
0: Well, I think they're pretty good at um,
1: unless unless they're pretty good on converting one of, unless he plans on converting one of Oden or Grealish into an eight. But
3: yeah, but that leaves you a problem elsewhere on the pitch. Like, you just, you, you can't, like, you're selling. Well, maybe Sterling that's the and transfer Jesus. they're putting off for you, you, a year, you see. You're selling Sterling and Jesus, right? And they've both played primarily on the wings. So the way that you mitigate for that is you go, well, I used Phil Foden as a false nine for the whole of the entirety of the season. So that's another world class player that I can put on the wings. I spent 100 million on Jack Grealish. He has to come good this season. He will play more football. So you can mitigate the loss of Jesus and 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 Sterling by doing that. But then you also you can't use those players in center mid as well because then you will have an issue in the front three. And notwithstanding that, I just I think that I'm really unsettled by the idea that there's a year left on Gundo's contract. And Bernardo Silva has now spent two summers going, I want to leave. That's doing my head in. Um,
0: I think they need to deal with one of those two situations. Well, it's not easy. I mean, Bernardo, it's all very well. uh, So just just to defend them, which is not usually, it's usually the other way around on this sort of stuff. But um, I I think um, Gundo, it's easy to say, do it. But the reality is he's worth, what, maybe 15, 20 million now? Uh, It's not, you know, it's pretty meaningless money in the grand scheme of things. So, what are you going to do when Bayern Munich
3: come in in the last week of the window with twenty-five million euros for Gundogan, or Dortmund come in in the last week of the window with twenty-five million? I think when when it gets, I
0: think when it gets to those numbers, I don't think you, I don't think you sell. I think you just have to. You're effectively paying a loan fee. What you you turn it it down? I I think it's. I think it's irrelevant. I mean, I know, I know that goes against everything I've said about their policy, but I think on that one, they would say, come on. I mean, that's just, that's not, that's not happening this summer. I'm sorry, mate. I think it's um, the one position on the pitch where Pep would steadfastly put his foot down as well. And I don't, I think, think, Gundo, be- I don't think Gundo would, would cause a problem for that one year. So I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Though, having said that, just to argue against myself, if Gundo doesn't think he's going to play very much between August and November, uh, yeah. which is not impossible... Uh, then he might say, "Actually, you know what, Pep? Either you're going to play me so I can play in the World Cup and not not jeopardise my World Cup space, or I am going. So maybe you're right. Maybe we do have another problem there. I, mm-hmm. I just think it's I, I think with those two
3: uncertainty around one player, you can almost get away with it. Uncertainty around two in the same position in the same window where you you've made a rod for your own back by going." Well, if we get the valuation and the player says we want to go, then we'll sell. And this is where this this problem, existential crisis, if you want to call it that, that I'm having, this is where it stems from for me. If they show a little bit of bottle, and they go, well, no, every situation is unique, and of course, in some situations, if the player says he wants to go, we will sell, but there will absolutely be situations where we will hold them to their contract.
0: That's I know, so I know, but
3: realistic but view.
0: Really, you're talking about Bernardo, and you're talking about a player who is, you know, by with three years that he's wanted to leave, right? And the, but the problem that they've got is there is really only one. There appears to be only one buyer that's, that's, that values him at our sort of value, right? And, one, and where he wants to go. So Real Madrid, for whatever reason, seem relaxed about the situation, not that interested in buying him, right? That seems clear. So you're talking about Barcelona. So waiting around for Barcelona to have 80 to, to, to 100 million euros or for Bernardo's form to collapse so that it will sell him for 50 and there's not a lot that we can do from the outside to accelerate that situation. So it's all very mm. well saying we should do, deal with it. But what, what are we actually meant to do in this scenario?
1: I think, I think we did try to renew his
0: deal, didn't we, in February. I yeah, think, I think they'll the try table. numerous times to renew him, but the reality is he's he probably won't take it.
3: Yeah. yeah,
0: I think his mind was made up.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, maybe if it were me, I would carry an extra body for the season. I would I would bring in another number eight, and I would sort of because uh, I think there's, I guess my again it's, it, I would under I, I understood. I could almost get my head around last summer. Silver going. I want to go right. I've the COVID thing didn't work for me. I've been lonely. Blah blah blah. I want to be closer to me family. I want to go somewhere hot you didn't play me that much or you didn't play me enough. I didn't know. I think the, the line out of his camp last summer was he felt that he didn't have a fixed position in this city team and he didn't like that. But now he's had a year where he's played almost every game in exactly the same position. Yeah. I I, I just think that if he's still going, well, I want to go city should go, well, we're going to go and sign another number eight. And when you bring the valuation, you can go. And until then you can go back to the fucking bench. I mean, it's It's
0: just not, they're just not, they're just not going to do it. They're just, I mean, that's just not, even if you're right. And I think, well, you might be, but we're just not going to do that. So I I think they are a bit stuck Mm. on Bernardo. I think it, I would agree. I would always have an extra player, but then uh, they just, for whatever reason, they've got a very odd approach, I think, to the market this summer. I I don't understand. Maybe that. They they're just enjoying watching everybody jump around and spend a fortune and uh, and and you know and have some spectacular year where they're the on paper the most profitable club bar none, and that gives them some kind of big bonus internally. I don't know. I mean it seems it all seems odd. Should we see if anybody else has got a question? Stephen seems to have a question. Uh just gonna add you. Unmute Stephen when it connects. Hello.
2: Uh, just wondering, uh, Calvin Phillips. Like, could he not fill that role more with Bernardo and uh, like a number eight type role and Gondo?
3: I guess that's the unknown. I mean, I, I know that he's played both as a six and as more of a box to box player. Mm. Um, I just, I, I, don't know, and and I don't think. I think the the thing with Phillips is that even if he were to play a little bit more further forward, I, I'm not sure that he would bring the creativity or the goals. And I think you need one or the other in that eighth position. I think if you've got you know, if he if he could pick a pass akin to Kevin De Bruyne or David Silver, you might then go, All right, you know, he could pick up that slack. Um, But if he can't pick a pass like that and he's not got goals in his locker, then I would still argue that what we need is a creative number eight. uh, I wonder whether whether that's why they they had a sniff around Pogba. I wonder whether the, 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 the plan there was to go, well, look, we can definitely play him further forward as an eight. And it's almost argued, could be argued,
0: that he's better in that position than he is... Playing from deeper, so I don't know. I think so, you nailed it there. You know, I mean, I, so I, I see Phillips as a kind of seven and a half player across yeah. across the board, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I I think he's a very good all rounder, but I don't think he's anywhere near the level of Bernardo in tight spaces. Bernardo sc- goal scoring, you know, Bernardo creativity, which would all be like nine nine plus right? Bernardo's probably, well, definitely not going to be as good defensively as Phillips, but so I just don't see him as being a replacement. He's just a, he's just a, he is, I think he he looks on paper to me, and from what Leeds fans say, he looks a good Fernandinho replacement. Absolutely. And and not a Bernardo replacement. I think what you just said about Pogba is very interesting in that it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, you know, I think the first thing that Pep probably would have done was to say the obvious problem at United is just simply being where you played him
1: mm. uh,
0: and and you unlock that and everything else just becomes much easier and, uh, and and you can have a player that that looks more like the French international player as opposed to the United player. Mm. Uh, I was still against it, but um you know not not massively if if Pep wants to do it um, but it's gone right. Uh, but, but again, that's, where, that, that's, that's weird that's as well, because it, it says that we were looking for something extra in that position.
3: Exactly. And I just um, am and, and also like the kind of the the financial clawback, if that's what you want to call it, in terms of selling sterling, st- selling Jesus, potentially selling Ake or Zinchenko. You can't argue you've not got the money like there's, there, there was a weird line in, that, in, the, in the Paul Ballas story in the Athletics saying, you know, City need to sell a player before they can sign Cucurella. And I'm just like, well, what money were they going to buy Harry Kane with last summer? And yeah, what possessed I, them I, I, to spend I £100 million in one go on Grealish?
0: No, right? I, I, I think you've got to separate uh, what they'd like to do, so a kind of policy yeah. thing versus necessity. Uh, because... You know the club raised raised a load of money. I mean, so cash wise, they got loads of cash. Uh They've got, I think, as far as I can tell, they've got FFP uh, uh, space. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's going to be an issue because when you sell a player like Jesus and a player like Sterling, these these from an FFP perspective are very very big yeah. profit generators. Not to mention Sterling's market.
1: Given- it's one of the highest earners. Well, well yeah I,
0: I, and and the wages yeah but 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 just on a on a and l perspective because of the way that the amortization works that you make a big profit on these deals because yep. they 've effectively got zero on the balance sheet for them, and they 're yep. going out the door for let's say you know a 100, 105 million quid so i don't i i, I think it 's just what they 'd like to do for some reason they seem to want to show uh this summer that they're going to be a bit more prudent, shall we say. It's not, I was going to say it's not impossible there's some uh, some Premier League uh, uh, sort of negotiation that's going on in the background. I think it's it's unlikely, but I do think that's what's going on at Everton. I think part of the regime that Everton have been uh, under, it's, it's all secret, but I'm pretty sure that if you look at the rules in the Premier League handbook, and you read between the lines of some of the uh, some of the articles that have been written that they've had a run in with the premier league and therefore they effectively are in some kind of monitoring period by the premier league whereby they have to have they have to meet the forecast that they've given to the premier league uh, mm-hmm. i don't think it's likely that city are in the same situation but yeah. it it isn't completely impossible in the context I of the investigation that- I see what you're saying, but i think my my I, I, the reason I don't
3: believe that is simply because the 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 it, the the investigation um which was a uh, which b- came about because of the der Spiegel thing it relates to accounts that are six seven eight years old now if you look at cities trading in the last four or five years player trading there there's no there's no fFp issue here there just there genuinely isn't and that's, well, guess, well uh, that's,
0: yeah that's to the extent that Uh, the deals are not undermined, the current deals are not undermined by the the historic disclosures, and you would have to assume that they're not, but we don't know, you know, like this is the common problem, I don't want to get sidetracked on that, but we've got, um, DSK has got the next question, but um, I I don't know, it seems odd, I mean, you know, the way that it's I I mean, and the reality is in Ornstein's article or Crafton's article about uh, Sterling, uh, it had the exact opposite uh, statement, or about Jesus, maybe, maybe in the for the Arsenal deal. It had the exact opposite statement where it was saying City don't need the money, <laughs> yeah, uh, which exactly. which actually is right, but on a different in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't read too much into into that. I think they would obviously like to be prudent, but but probably it's about policy as opposed to necessity. Uh, DSK, if you want to mute, you can ask your question. Otherwise, we've got a couple of others. Yep, there we go. All right, Lugs. Um, from what you said
2: for next season about Bernardo Gundo, I was just thinking that, say they both go, is Bellingham the only eight that we should be interested in, like the only one that should take their spot? And say how Chelsea are coming for like two, three players of ours, I don't see why we just don't go for their cover kitsch, someone to a proper good eight, who I think would fit Pep's system. And mm. like you said, if we don't get a forward let's just say mares gets injured or folding gets injured because i don't see him playing the 8 anytime soon i feel like pep might have just what he's one injury away from where he's going to start rotating the squad again to like 19 20 where it's just going to affect us badly and plus i don't think you can really turn down a 50 60 million pound bid if chelsea did come for ake because like you said it's from a financial perspective you just made 20 million from two seasons from a fourth choice centre back, so I don't know what City's trying to play out unless they're, they they do they want to play the game off or we want to sell a player and then buy a player. For example, with Cucurella are they waiting to sell someone like Zaychenko to get Cucurella in? But yeah, it's just one of them where next season will be interesting because if Bernardo and Gundo do go, then realistically you probably have to get two midfielders to come in mm. with that type of players going.
3: My worry on my worry with with any player like Bellingham is always, what do you do if you don't get him? It's Obviously, we landed Haaland, right? And that's fantastic. And that puts us in a very strong position. But at the same time, I certainly wouldn't be putting all my eggs in the idea that, well, next summer we'll spend 120 and we'll get Jude Bellingham. Because Real Madrid might turn around and go, well, we want him too. Yeah. And you've got an issue then. He might prefer to play for
0: Klopp. You know, I think Chelsea, is- you've got to look at Chelsea as well, right? And, and I think we might be seeing a different world uh, from Chelsea that's even more extravagant than, than under Abramovich, because they've paid a lot of money for this. They've got a vision that the game has changed and Spurs on the back of that now are spending like crazy sort of pursuing the same, the same vision. But if that turns out to be right, you might find that they start to splash the cash on, on uh, you know, superstar uh, NBA-style signings, um, and, and you know we've we've said before as a club that we're not playing that game. So, you know, if it turns out to be 120 million, I know we did Grealish, right? And, and everything you say about Grealish is right. Um, but if it turns out Bellingham's €120, €130 million, Euros, I mean, are we really going to play that game?
3: Well, I'm, I will just refer Your Honour to fucking Jack Grealish. you know what I mean? You pay €100 million in one go for for Grealish without any numbers and without any competition for his signature. Why wouldn't you pay that sort of money for Bellingham well, well, when he... Well, it's not a release. Clearly first of all. generational...
0: Yeah, well, it's not a release clause, so that's the first thing. Secondly, maybe actually arguing the other way, so they paid it for Grealish. Let's say Grealish doesn't uh, turn out to be this season doesn't turn out to be value, then that would suggest that they won't go back to that strategy again.
1: Mm. See, I don't think no. it's necessarily the, the numbers involved. With City. I think, well, obviously it's always the numbers involved, but what I mean by that is. I think the the willing, in a lot of cases, to meet high valuations. It's when other teams arrive to compete with them and are willing to almost one-up them that they won't get into that game. I think that's where they've often walked away from deals. Well, so, But the issue yeah. with Bellingham is you're going to have Europe's elite knocking on the door to sign him.
3: But so, I think Bellingham will have a similar approach to Haaland in that I think the package will be the package. And I think that he will make a decision on where he, he strikes me as, as level-headed enough uh, and he strikes me as, from a footballing perspective, focused and ambitious enough that it'll ultimately be a footballing
0: yes. decision. But the clause changed the dynamic on Holland, right? So it became a completely different conversation. It's almost like a free transfer. Mm. So it, well, all, right. all of the conversation is around what what is Holland and his agent going to agree to? and And it just takes the club out of it. Where you've got... Uh, a potentially competitive situation, a moving target from from Dortmund, which it will be. I mean, even, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's 120. It'll still be a moving target where they'll still start at probably 140 or something ludicrous. And, you, you know, we've seen it before with all their other sales. Sancho is case in point and they are good at holding their line and they were prepared to turn down a massive amount of money. Um you know, and actually, they probably turned down an offer for Holland last summer. I would have thought. I mean, given the given, we now know that the clause was real. Yeah, uh, child, they probably
1: were in for him, weren't they? Before this, Harland. yeah. So exactly. they probably
0: did turn down a 100, 120. Um. So I don't know. I, I think it's. I, I don't think it's um, Bellingham or Bust. Anyway, I don't. I just don't think you can work like that. Um, no. But of course, we also <laughs> might be trying to do all of that that you've talked about without a manager. So, you
1: know, everything might change. I think the Kovacic shot mm. was a great shot, by the way. Yeah, me too. I like him. I think he's a top player. And he's someone that Pep was interested before he went when he was still at Real Madrid, wasn't he? And then Chelsea, kind of when they had those two summers where they nicked him for Jorginho and Kovacic. So he's definitely a player that, that City you'd imagine they'd be interested in. Um, And I see no reason. Mm. I think it's a valid point if they're they're obviously on the phone to us constantly at the minute. So surely it's not going to hurt to say, you know, well, what's going on with X player, Y player.
0: Well, yeah, but this goes back to what we're talking about, about policies. So I don't think Chelsea's starting policy of the new regime will be, if someone doesn't want to be here, they can go with our blessing. As long (laughs) as somebody comes along with a fee, even if it's Manchester City. You know, I I don't... I, su- I suspect that most of the teams will say, over my dead body, we're selling to City. So, yeah. uh, even even Villa apparently tried somehow to get Real and United to buy Grealish, although I still don't really believe that story, although it is apparently true.
3: Mm. I mean, I, I, think, yeah, you, I think... You know that story, Popovich, you? It, it, yeah. yeah, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, look, I think I, I, that story came out of The Athletic, and I think that they love to... Uh,
1: the
3: uh, knife and... uh, yeah, they do. They just they they, they love that little boardroom tittle tattle and gossip, and you know they obviously have sources and and believe their sources very strongly. Uh, realistically, do I believe that there's a world in which the chairman of of uh, of Aston Villa has got on the phone to Real Madrid and 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 United and gone, please buy Grealish. We don't want to sell him to 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 City. Do a
0: fuck. Well, I bet I mean, Barnett Stefan- did it. No, I think it was probably Barnett. I think. I think the idea is that they said to Barnett, "Can you get Real or, or United to do the deal instead?" I mean, why? Quite why Barnett would have wanted <laughs> to do it anyway? Uh, you know, I, I you know I can't really understand why Barnett would have been so keen to move his client to United. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's again, we we've probably got time for one more question uh, given the time. Tom, do you want to unmute and ask the last question?
1: Yeah, hi guys. Um, do you me? actually think Bernardo's going to leave this summer? I just can't see it. And then, in terms of re- in terms of replacements, other than Bellingham, who who, who would you think would be a, a good fit? So I'll I'll go first on this one. I think I'm watching kind of intently all these capital raises that that Barcelona are doing. I think the media are naturally going to jump the gun and say they're raising cash to to, to buy X, Y inside. But the reality is they've got millions in in deferred wages that they still need to pay off. They still owe millions to to various clubs for for players they've done. Um, Torres is an example for us. Um, So I think a large chunk of that is going to go to paying off their existing debts, both internal and external. Um, And I think that, to my mind... Unless they do some other bizarre, you know, deal where they leverage the future of the football club, you know, t- to buy Bernardo Silva, I, t- I just don't, I don't see it happening in the time before the window shuts. Um, I could be wrong. I certainly hope I'm not wrong, uh, but I think City won't counter on anything below 80, eighty eighty five million, um, and it'll have to be cash. I don't see him doing them a m- Mateo and um, Ferran Torres deal, um, and pff, I, I just don't see it as a feasible deal to happen. I think this time next year, when he's got two years left, there could even be more interest from, kind of, Spain, but don't see it. Um, and as, mm. as for replacing him, um, I don't know whether City are backing themselves to try and renegotiate terms with, with Gundogan, just to touch on that again, uh, in the, this this final year of his contract, and then let Bernardo go and replace him next summer with, with a Bellingham or someone who's going to come to the fore over the next 12 months. Um. But the impression I get is they're going to go with the same again. Um, unless Barcelona just do something absolutely ridiculous. But I, I don't see how they feasibly can do it unless you guys have got see it differently.
3: Well, let me throw a question over to you and to Stefan, Joe. Um, and maybe Tom can answer this as well. If, oh, the, the, big, the big unknown within this is how unsettled is Bernardo Silva? how desperate actually is he to leave and to get to Barcelona? But let's for one moment say that we get to the first day of pre-season and Silva walks into Guardiola's office and he goes, I don't care if you have to give me away. I want out of here. My head's not here anymore. I'm not going to play football at the level that I've played at in the last two years. I want to go to Barcelona. Uh, Can any of you come up with a reasoning for why they won't look at Frankie de Jong, who, regardless of... His wage packet, which is almost a separate issue, if you look at his age profile, if you look at the fact that we were ready to spend €75 million euros on him when he did go to Barcelona, if you look at his qualities as a footballer, it does seem does seem a little bit strange to me that on the one hand, you've got a player who potentially really doesn't want to be here. On the other side, you've got a player that they're trying to get rid of who actually wanted to sign, and yet you've got no interest in him.
0: If well, well he'll, a he'll be at United by then. Well, I, I don't understand it. You know, it, may, it doesn't make that much sense to me. I mean, I, I I would have thought that we would have done that deal, frankly, uh, probably in January mm. when we were discussing Torres. But, um, uh, or or, or, or at Perthes least maybe players. Is... Sorry, go on, Stefan.
1: No, no, well, Go on. I was going to say maybe. Doesn't see that as a viable replacement for, for, for what Bernardo gives us. I know. I know we tried. No, to he, might, creepy, he might right? not.
0: But you, oh. I, I accept he's not. Uh, I, I don't think that he necessarily would be. But I think you would want that level of quality as a body in your in your uh, set yes. of midfield players if you lose Bernardo. But I think, I think it's a moot point because I think he'll be a United player by then, and. Uh, by the time that Barcelona can get their shit together to be able to do a Bernardo deal, De Jong will already have gone. Um, uh, just just on Barcelona you have to separate the the, lo- the logical reality of their financial position from just this very, very strange almost mystical way of behaving behaving, which also in is enchanting to footballers in a way that is, is unarguable. You know, if you look at uh, Rafinha, is is holding off signing for Chelsea based on what a couple of conversations that that he's having. Uh, you've got Christiansen uh, and uh, and Kessie have actually left their clubs, effectively just you know on on a on a, uh, on a handshake. Um, uh, Torres was def- desperate to go. Garcia did go. Uh, Lewandowski. You know, it's just one after so. the other. Yeah, yeah, Lewandowski. Yeah, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. I think I you think know. That's my... And how how are they going to
1: register all these players? Even, even well, I don't get... know, but like, I think I what mean, we have Lewandowski is one of the best played players in Europe, isn't he? By right?
0: we we have to assume that these things are not completely impossible. I think they're impossible, right? So my logical brain says it's all impossible, but my the sort of reaction of all the other people around them says, says that somehow maybe they can do these deals. So I don't, I, I'm, I don't have a level of certainty that they won't somehow find a way to buy uh, Bernardo. I think it's unlikely. And I have said, actually, in writing that it's impossible. So I am contradicting myself. But I just think there's something, something almost odd about the, about the Barcelona situation. It has, mm. there is no logic because even if you raise, right? So let's just understand what raising 200 or 600 million pounds is based on what they're doing. They're effectively factoring, invoice factoring their future revenues uh, for, for a cash payment up front. Now from an accounting perspective, that is not going to work to make them super profitable either this year. i.e., well actually in, in 20, 2021, 22 year, or in 2022, 2023 year, right? Because the, the accounts, accounts don't work like that. So obviously, if you get paid for 25 years of revenue, you have to divide that revenue into 25 pieces and recognize it in 25ths pieces each year. So it's not going to dramatically change their profit and loss account. And therefore, I still don't understand how it solves their problem from a financial fair play or a Spanish league perspective. What it does do, of course, Is put a big lump of cash in that bank, which is a separate point. But I I still don't understand how it allows them to go out and sign a whole load of footballers. Um, But Mm. I don't know. Everything's a bloody mystery when it comes to Barcelona. And, uh, you know, I I didn't really think they'd sign uh, Torres, and they did. So I think we'll just have to wait and see. But, you know, I think the bottom line is, uh, when Delict is uh, sorry, um, uh, de Jong is, is not an option because we've not moved. I mean, we could sign him tomorrow, surely. How hard would it be to Gazump United uh, at 65 million pounds or whatever? We could do it tomorrow. Mm. Mm. Do you think it's a bit just one thing on that
3: on that de Jong deal? Um, I think that that should have been an easy deal for United to do and I think the fact that it isn't done uh, speaks to his massive reluctance at going there and And I'm just wondering there was a line that came out of uh, one of the pretty reputable journalists in Barcelona if there is such thing as a reputable journalist in Barcelona but there was a line that was put out um, yesterday or the day before that if he chooses not to go, he will be central to Javi's plans next season, and I just wonder whether De Jong is going. I'm not going to. I'm not going to agree to anything until we go back for preseason, and I get to sit down with the manager. and If he looks me in the eye and goes, "You're not going to play, leave," then I'll do it.
0: Surely um, it's past that. Surely.
3: Well, I mean, look, I keep coming back to this idea, Stefan. If somebody gave me a six-year contract on 450 grand a week, and then 18 months later went, actually, I don't want you anymore, I'd go, well, you know what? Pay me out because I'm not taking a penny less from anywhere. Do you know what I mean? And I don't see United get into those numbers. Uh, as crazy as it sounds, I just do not see... Manion, even Man United as mental as they are I don't see them giving him the contract that he's on at Barcelona
0: I just, I just don't think it would have got this far uh, you know I think the only I think the only reason that deal's not being done is because United are haggling over five million probably five million euros in some kind of new you know it's, it's his first big deal uh, both the manager mm. and the chairman uh, and and he he doesn't want to look like uh, like a soft touch, like a uh, you know wet behind the ears. I, I don't know. Doesn't but I, I, surely all of the stuff on the personal terms, all of the stuff in the player in principle wanting or, or being willing to come to United, surely that's all done. I mean, I I can't. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I you know for given what we've just said about Barcelona and their allure to players I don't know why he would want to go to United and the chaos uh, but it seems to me that he must have but said that's what I up. mean
3: like it's no nah, because for me it's the same as the Rafinha thing right that, that basically what you've said is that Rafinha's holding out for a move to Barcelona that they've agreed a fee Right, but he sat there going, well, I'm not taking this deal right now. I want to wait and see how it plays out with Barcelona. I think we're in a similar situation with De Jong. I think that United have probably got to the fee that Barcelona want him to get to, and the player's gone, well, I'm not making this decision right now. I'm on holiday. We'll wait until we come back for pre-season.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I hope that's true. Mm. I hope that's true, because... Uh, it would show a new low, I think, for United, even, even lower than the Ericsson situation in terms of being, uh, you know, kind of led, led, up, led up the garden path by a player, players being really not key, United being too ashamed to come out and just pull out of the transaction, you know, all of that stuff. It would be hilarious if that was true. Uh, even even I,
3: yesterday, even yesterday's Jamie Jackson piece, right? Who he's, he's, he's hardly the most reliable writer on the planet. But even his piece yesterday, if you re- if you read if you read between the lines of what he doesn't say, it says uh, Frankie De Jong is open to a move to United. And I read the whole piece, and he's very careful to not go. De Jong has said he'll come to United. So uh, uh, even even the lads who would normally be going oh well as soon as they agree if he's coming he's, he's
0: told them he's coming
3: yeah it's, well, they've not got that far yet I don't think well, they've look got at Ef- that far yet. look at
0: Ericsson. Uh, Ericsson's a free <laughs> transfer and he's not agreed it I mean literally it could, it could be it could be done in an email uh, uh, you know how hard stress. can it be to agree his terms. Yeah.
3: You know what, I'm so glad we started talking about United because suddenly I feel so much better about and, what's going on. What a
0: fabulous way to end.
3: Exactly. Right, exactly. cheers everyone. Cheers Stefan.
0: Thank you. Thanks a lot. See you later, lads. See you later. See you later. See you later. Thanks a-